I was so pleased that Peter agreed to come on the Saturday morning before I left for the mainland. But even so, there was not much time left, and I wanted him to give me some more practical advice about what to do in the time that I'd already decided to give for prayer. So, uh, as soon as Peter sat down, I put it to him without delay. Peter smiled. He had obviously anticipated my request. He reached into the top pocket of his jacket and took out what turned out to be a small homemade booklet on prayer. You may find this helpful, he said. In it you'll find my patent blueprint for prayer. Quite a few people have found it useful as a memory jog, particularly as they can carry it around with them in their heads. Now, yesterday I said that the Lord's Prayer is the pattern of all Christian prayer, and that this prayer is in itself summed up in the first two words, Our Father. Now, in the blueprint, as you'll see, I've used each letter of the Our Father as a reminder of nine indispensable ingredients that should feature in our daily prayer. But before I go any further, let me make it as clear as possible the very essence of Christian prayer, as introduced and practised by the founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ himself. In the religion in which he was brought up, the supreme act of prayer was embodied in the worship that was offered to God in sacrifice, the sacrifice made at the temple in Jerusalem. Although Jesus uh, participated in virtually all forms of Jewish prayers and religious practices, there's no evidence that he ever offered sacrifice in the temple at Jerusalem. The reason why is crucial. It was because he came to introduce a new form of prayer, a new form of worship, which he told the Samaritan woman was a worship in spirit and in truth. The Gospels record that Jesus went into the temple to say prayers with his disciples, to preach and to teach there, but there's no record of him actually sacrificing like everyone else, even on the great feast days like the Passover. But, but why not, I said. Well, let me explain, said Peter. Let me explain by describing how Jesus prepared for the final Passover feast that he wanted to share with his disciples. It was at this feast that he would introduce them to the new worship that would embody the true Christian prayer that was at the heart and soul of his own personal spiritual life. He began by sending St. Peter and St. John into Jerusalem to make preparations. Now, these preparations were twofold. The room had to be booked and the food had to be procured. Let us presume that it was St. John who bought the Paschal lamb. He would then take it to the temple, where, in the traditional way, it would be killed and offered in sacrifice for him by one of the priests. Once offered by a person with a pure and humble heart, it was believed that God would come down to take possession of the lamb that had been offered to him. What was, therefore, John's lamb would become God's lamb, or the Lamb of God. 
This sacred food, now believed to be impregnated with and possessed by the presence of God, became the main dish at the Passover, over which Jesus presided shortly before his death. As each one ate from the same sacred food, they believed that they would be not only united in some mystical way with God, but in him with each other too. After the old rite that symbolized this union was over, Jesus enacted the new rite that brought about a real physical and spiritual union with himself. There was now no need for a new lamb, no need to go back to the temple, no need for a priest to offer it to God for them as before. Why? Because Jesus himself was the new temple, present at the table. The new high priest was sitting next to them, who would offer the new sacrifice that would supersede all previous offerings, because it was the offering of himself as the new Lamb of God made man, as St. John the Baptist had called Jesus over two years before. On that, the holiest of nights, and before their very eyes, Jesus became present to them. No, within them in a new way, in which he would be able to remain with them to the consummation of the world, as he promised moments before he ascended into heaven. Through the bread and wine, he became present not just as a living, breathing person, but as an utterly selfless, loving person in the very act of loving God with his whole heart and mind, with his whole body, 